Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Justified. I'm David Coford, and with me as always is Riley Trudell. What's going on, bud? Buddy, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Um, Today we are joined by probably the most special guest out there, probably our highest highest quality, I would say, is a good word. Uh, You may know him as the Senior Management Director of Communications for Special Olympics New Hampshire. Please welcome Mark Erickson. Mark, how you Hello, doing? Hello, gentlemen. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, first off, you have a voice of angels, so do you want to put that out there? Uh, well, thank you very much. No problem. No problem. If you've ever thought about doing radio, uh, I don't have any connections, but I'll do my, I'll do my best. You you know I was a radio guy for like 40 years, right? Oh, we, oh geez. Oh, all right. We're off, we're off to swing in the middle. Dave, I'm pretty upset. <laughs> You usually do better research. Uh, than I, I this. do. <laughs> My apologies on that one. All right, you got two strikes uh, left. Let so. me let me make it, let me make it even worse for you. Okay, I'm ready. Um, for thirty five years, I've been that obnoxious guy that talks about. Jet cars under the stars at New England Dragway. Oh my God! You're, you're him. <laughs> I'm him. Can you can you, can you do Sunday Sunday Sunday? <laughs> so you want to hear something funny? And we should, we're getting way off the beaten path here. The the track actually hasn't done a Sunday major event in in like nine or ten years. Most of the events are now Saturday night, so it's more of a nighttime drag time. We, we, we don't do the whole Sunday thing anymore. <laughs> I love it. I, <laughs> it's a good way to start. Definitely a good way to start. Uh, so pretty much what we were aiming to do with this, this was going to be scheduled for the live stream, the Plunger for a Cause live stream that we had. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, we had a COVID scare, so we had to reschedule it. But we figured we might as well continue on with it, let the people know about what Special Olympics New Hampshire is and what we can do to benefit that side. So I want to hit you with a couple questions. Um, first off, what is Special Olympics New Hampshire for people who may not know? Well, Special Olympics New Hampshire, when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, provides year-round sports training and athletic competitions uh, for adults and children in New Hampshire with intellectual disabilities. Okay. All right. And... Uh, personal question for me would this be do you guys work with other states as well or is it strictly like special olympics new hampshire only or is there like a broader special olympics america special olympics actually is a worldwide organization i I will tell you that every couple of weeks uh the chairman of special olympics tim shriver uh hosts has been hosting in this past year a a zoom call that that talks about where things are at with the pandemic and it's weird on those calls because, you know, okay, now we're going to hand off to Gustav, who's in Germany and is going to talk about such and such. <laughs> and and the, 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 the Zoom platform and the video call platform in general just allows him to hopscotch around the, uh, the world, literally. And we're doing that uh, every couple of weeks as, as a regular thing now. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a worldwide organization. There, there are Special Olympics uh, programs all over the globe and and there are special olympics programs in every state in america and in larger states like california there's a northern california special olympics and a southern california special olympics but yes it's nationwide uh, and worldwide okay all right so you really do learn something new every day because i thought it was just like uh like each state has their own special like olympics kind of thing and then they all work under like a broader, like yeah. a broader kind of United States Special Olympics, but I didn't, I didn't Each, know this was worldwide. 
each each state actually runs uh, on its own as well and and chooses whatever sport disciplines are going to work well for for that particular state. So, you know, th- there are some states, and I think Massachusetts might be one of them, that, that offers, say, tennis. And, and we don't happen to offer tennis in New Hampshire. There just doesn't seem to be the appetite for, for that particular sport. So right. the individual states uh, pick and choose what works best and, and what doesn't work best for each program. Okay. What what works best for New Hampshire? I'm going to probably say like ski and snowboard winter events. Like that. <laughs> our, our two biggest events of the year are the summer games, which we do over at UNH, which, which encompasses uh, track. Uh, we, we do mini javelin uh, throwing. There's, there's bocce uh, and, and, and a whole bunch of other field type activities, softball throw, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and then the winter activities were up at Waterville Valley again in a non-pandemic year. Uh, and yes, there's, there's snowboarding and there's skiing and there's snowshoeing and there's cross-country skiing. And, and the winter sports are very, very popular with our group. Okay, so winter is probably definitely top or top popularity and then uh, summertime. That makes sense, though. I mean, we live in well, New Hampshire. You know, it, well, and again, you've got popularity and then you have population. And in the case of the summer games, there's there's usually a bigger turnout for that. It's yeah. uh, it's something on the order of, of almost 1,000 athletes oh my, uh, awesome. for a couple of days on the UNH campus. And bear in mind that this organization serves more than 3,000 athletes all across the state of New Hampshire. Uh, there are 75 local programs in the state of New Hampshire, and and all of that is done with a staff of only about 15 people and 5,000 volunteers. Yeah, that is incredible. I know we were um, hoping to volunteer this year after doing the event last year, and then, uh, you know, the pandemic obviously uh, shut a lot of that down with the event. A little bit, yeah. But... I know when everything gets back up and running, we're very excited to actually be able to help out and not only raise money for, for um, the Special Olympics, but also to help out and go to those games and uh, help volunteer. The The volunteers are actually the, the whole glue that makes the machine go here. Yeah. How does one become a volunteer? How does that process go? Well, it depends on on how deep you want to get into the whole thing, and and you can you can volunteer to help out at the penguin plunge and hand towels out, you know, or if you're going to get involved with a local program and and become a coach and and become a, a regular local program volunteer. There's there's a bit more of a process. There's there's some online training. There's uh, usually some in person training that goes with it. And if you're, if you're an actual volunteer coach, there's, there's some, you know, other vetting that has to go on to be sure that uh, everything is, uh, is copacetic with uh, you and your life. Okay. Um, I know talking to other members of the organization before um, we did our first plunge last year, uh, they asked us about, do you want to do the the plunge or do you want to do the Winnie dip Um, for everyone? What's the difference between those two? Again, we're talking in a normal year, and we'll we'll get to how we're handling it for this year. In a normal year, the plunge would happen in the first weekend of February, and it would happen at Hampton Beach, and we would make uh, use of the conveniently located Atlantic Ocean, which we keep at Hampton Beach. And uh, in in that regular instance, we would have somewhere between, oh, five and 700 and some odd people across the weekend uh, come out wearing costumes, having fun, and jumping into the ocean. 
uh, it was an experience like no other last year doing it for the first time. Um, I did. There's growing pains to being a first time plunger. I learned. So last year I went in a, a full like cotton penguin suit and I learned I was making fun of our other co-host because he went in an American flag speedo. And I go, you're going to freeze. You like, you look like you look dumb. Like, what are you doing? I learned he was correct in that my fully cotton uh, penguin costume acted as an ice pack that then carried with me as if I was still in the water when I was out of the water. And he just had to do a quick in and out and was done being cold. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The guy in the American flag Speedo was your co-host? Yes. Oh. You remember him? I remember him, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and for, from all of us at Special Olympics, would you pass this along? Don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Will do. Yeah. Are, are we allowed back if... Uh, uh, sure. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I... And you, you you talk about uh, the, those sorts of things, uh, as as we mentioned at the uh, the top of the podcast. I uh, I spent a, a fair amount of time in radio. That's how I actually got involved with Special Olympics. I I volunteered and was part of the the Penguin Plunge uh, with the uh, the TV folks for uh, twenty one years before I actually went to work for Special Olympics New Hampshire. Okay. Um, which translates to I'm wicked old in case you know, you're trying <laughs> oh, to do math no. in your head or anything, guys. <laughs> um, and, and one of the years that I did it, we let the listeners of the radio station uh, create a costume for me. Oh, boy. And, and the costume was a, a foam uh, lobster creation <laughs> thing. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> No, it it's isn't. Not, not no. quite a lobster. It's a, a lobster thing. <laughs> well, here's the thing about a foam lobster creation. It's a giant sponge. Yeah, see, that was what I learned in my penguin outfit. I um, sank like a stone. Yeah. And and there's a lot of me to sink like a stone, and that was probably the problem because there was a lot of foam needed to cover me. And, and and actually, the the he's the town uh, manager now, but at the time he was the chief of police. Uh, Jamie Sullivan had to sort of grab me by the scruff of the the scruff of the neck and pull me up out of the water and drag my butt back onto the beach. <laughs> if you awesome. want, I'll uh, I'll wear a lobster costume next time. If if you if you're okay with that, I'll do that. <laughs> hey, it's your funeral, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I went in uh, just shorts and a t-shirt. I didn't really know what to expect. Like Riley said, kind of growing pains. I really did learn that shirtless is the way to go. Yeah, even if you don't have rocking bods, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> I think shirtless is still the way to go. the The best advice that we we give to to people is, and and I I that might even be in a closet around here somewhere. Um, I had them for years, but I I actually got um. Uh, divers little boots uh, and used those uh, which got me across the you know the street the snow the sand yeah and the mud and then into the water yeah getting investing in water footwear might be the move for next year yeah yeah, sure. I, I just tripped like five times running there. I'm not going to lie. So if you well, saw so a guy if there's a video and, and me and Dave are holding hands running into the actual water <laughs> and then I just completely trip yeah. and take him down with me and we face plant into like an oncoming wave. <laughs> oh, it, was br- it was brutal. I'm not going to lie. It's definitely 
I kind of downplay it. Like, oh, it's it, you know, it's February. It'll be fine. You know, it might be like ten <laughs> degrees. But look, we're New Englanders. We can handle it. Uh, no, no, you t- it need about a good half hour to recover from that. Um, but well, it, here's it's worth it. it. You you would ask the question: What is the difference between the plunge and the dip? Um, we do the plunge the first weekend of February at Hampton Beach. The dip, on the other hand, we do in the first weekend of March in a normal year. And we do that at Lake Winnipesaukee. And uh, we're at the Margate Resort, uh, and they have a, a, a sort of a private beach area behind the resort. And they turn that over to us. And it has a, it has a, a pier, uh, which is great for us putting, you know, for, for uh, photographers and video cameras and whatever. Uh, so we get some some wonderful pictures and some wonderful video, and people run into Lake Winnipesaukee and do the, the same thing, essentially, that they do at the beach. The uh, You probably remember the, the mantra uh, on the PA system from last year, and that is get in, get wet, and get out. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't like people to linger. Uh, it's usually fish and game and uh, various fire department uh, representatives that are the divers in the water, and they don't like people to linger. Uh, usually during the plunge, Sunday invariably is the day we'll have one or two people that have got some sort of a bet going on as to who can stay in the water the longest. <laughs> and, and the answer is neither of you because your butts are going to get tossed out of the water by two guys from fish and game, and you're going to look kind of like an idiot. Yeah. So we, we announced that um, because over the years we've, we've learned a, a few things. And the other major difference between the plunge at the beach and the dip at the big lake, and, and Kevin Skarupa and Mike Haddad will tell you this, uh, the meteorologists from WMUR, they are much happier doing this in the water at the beach because the lake water is usually much, much colder. Yeah, so I, I heard that. So we were having debates last year of which one we should do just because of how our time, our schedules lined up. And we decided on the plunge um, partly because, you know, we can't be the plunge doing the dip. We got to be the plunge <laughs> doing the plunge. Um, and, and you don't want to be the dips doing the plunge. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> Um, but also we were talking to Carol and she was like, it's a lot colder at the lake. Uh, yes. <laughs> so yes. Carol Cray, our development director, who's been doing this for a very long time as well at, at the Winnie dip. It is, it is a very, very cold experience. And, and again, God love all the folks that do this. I, I did this, uh, at the beach for the plunge for, I think about 12 years. And, and at some point my cardiologist said, uh, you probably should stop doing that. Um, and, and, uh, the, the people that do this and folks like Kevin Skarupa, I don't know if you guys had a chance to, to see any of his antics last year. Kevin has some sort of metabolism. Perhaps he's from the planet Krypton. I don't really know, (laughs) but he has some sort of metabolism where it really doesn't bother him all that much. And he goes in every single wave on both Saturday and Sunday. So, of course, uh, uh, during the course of the weekend, he'll go in like eight, maybe nine times. No way. Yeah, we we do these things in waves, and the waves are determined by fish and game, and it's based on how many divers they have in the water and how safe they can keep people. So the wave might be... You know, 60 people, it might be 100 people, and, and those are decisions that are made by, by safety personnel, and, and we do whatever they tell us to do. 
So whatever the waves turn out to be based on the number of people and the number of divers, Kevin is usually right there. And most people don't even realize this. On Sunday, after we do all the waves with all the people, during the weekend, we are assisted by the ROTC group at uh, Winnicott High School in Hampton. Um, those guys and, and girls do an awful lot of work for setup and, and tear down and security and, and everything else for us. And they actually kind of get their own wave. Yeah. Um, and, and some people hang out on the beach to, to watch that. But for the most part, everyone is done and heading back into the casino ballroom. But the ROTC guys and, and girls come out to do their wave. And Kevin Scarupa goes in with them as well. He doesn't <laughs> want them to feel left out. So, he, like I said, over the course of the weekend, he'll he'll hit the water eight or nine times. That is awesome. But Kevin's a good man. I mean, that is. Is, that is... I'm a one and done. Maybe, you know... <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll try to go for two if the opportunity is there, but I don't, I don't eight or well, nine see, times. That's... Dave, that's the beauty in this year is this year is the DIY plunge, correct? Correct. The, uh, the plunge this year is, is DIY. It is do it yourself. Um, so a lot of things are very different this year. You go online to SONH.org like you normally would. Uh, you click on events and, and you click on, on plunge and dip and, and you sign up. Uh, and, and the folks that have done this before kind of are used to this. However, we will say that we, we've sort of upgraded our, uh, our plunge and dip platform. I do really like the, the website this year. Well, and, and we're, we're glad to hear that. Thank you for saying so. We've made it uh, easier to sign up. We've made it easier to fundraise, yeah. easier to connect to your social media, and hopefully easier for you to raise money for the athletes of Special Olympics New Hampshire, who in 2021 really, really want to get back out onto the field and back into action. And we want to do that with them too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. How, um, I know COVID has definitely been probably the main point of 2020 this year. Um, how has that affected you guys on, let's say, logistics, just everything on a whole? Well, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the summer games and, and the winter games, and it's a long trip to get there. But I'll, I'll tell you, when we go out and do these these big, big events that are multi-day events, literally we pick up the whole office and, and go out and, <laughs> and, and do everything. So we have access to all of our records and, and all of the, you know, the records for the individual sports and, and all of those things. So Special Olympics New Hampshire had all that remote desktop technology in place literally years before anyone needed it for working from home. Yeah. It was originally put in so that Special Olympics could go essentially to remote locations like Waterville Valley and and be able to conduct their business and conduct competitions and and keep track of all the people and the numbers and the records and times and and whatever else that we need. Uh, and, and so they had this remote test desktop technology in place for, I don't know how many years before I showed up. And, uh, and in fact, when I, I started working there a year and a half, almost two years ago now, and, and one of the first things they said to me was you know, they encourage people to work from home at least one day a week because it's real easy to do that. So in the case of Special Olympics New Hampshire, it was the 11th of March um, when Mary Conroy, our CEO and president, came out of her office and said, hey, everyone grab your stuff. We're bugging out. Um, and, and we came home and started working from home seamlessly, I might add, 
on the 11th of March and, and have been home ever since. And, you know, we, we are assuming that probably for the better part of 2021, if not all of 2021, we will continue to work from home. Yeah, that does sound about right on cue with my workplace. I mean, they're expecting summer to winter is of 2021 is when they're going to aim right. to go back. But um, again, we'll see what happens. It's one of those things you just kind of have to play it week by week, month by month. Um, right. So we were talking about um, the fundraising page. So mm-hmm. what to all the listeners out there, what is their donation going to do? What's it going to actually help do? How can it go? Like what can, what can they get from knowing they donated? Like where's their money going to go towards? Well, uh, as I said, there are more than 3000 athletes in, uh, in New Hampshire and our athletes are both children and adults. Uh, we, we range from age eight uh, to 50s and 60s in, in many, many instances. Um, in a, it's, it's easy to think Special Olympics and kids, and, and while that's an important part of it, uh, uh, we, we do span. There, there is no age limit other than eight and above. Uh, and actually, there is a young athletes program for uh, kids ages two to seven, um, but that's pre-regular Special Olympics, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so, so we have three thousand plus athletes, and and again, in all corners of the state of New Hampshire, and and we provide training for them. Uh, even though we've got those big events throughout the course of the year. Uh, Throughout every year on a weekly basis, there's training going on with the local programs, there's activities, and and this gets, is all funded by donations. We have no state funding. We have no federal funding. Everything we do is out of the goodness of people's hearts and the kindness of others, as they say. It's incredible. Yeah, I thought I would think that state funding would be a part of that, but no, that no, is no, no, uh, no. that's a very important part to put on because most people be like, oh, you know, it's Special Olympics New Hampshire, They'll, the state will take care of that. If that's not the case, no, then, I mean now, especially with everything going on right now, I'm sure donations are much much needed. Um, well, that's that's been certainly the issue. There have been no events. There's been no fundraising, uh, and and while we have been continually staying in touch with with our athletes the general public is only hearing about us when it's a penguin plunge kind of thing or there's there's something going on or, or something newsworthy that, that's happening but we're not we're not able to be doing all the uh, the in-person activities yeah. including the plunge and the dip by the way uh that we that we normally do what other activities does special olympics new hampshire host or uh, partake in well, as I said, the, the 75 programs around the, uh, the state, the local programs, uh, on a weekly basis, they're doing some sort of training uh, or some sort of social activity, some sort of get-together. The athletes of Special Olympics New Hampshire, as, as tough as the, the lack of activity and sports and training and competition has been, I think an equal, if maybe not even a little bit larger issue is, is the lack of the social interaction, uh-huh. um, getting together at, at summer games, getting together at winter games, because those major events that we do, there's always some sort of a social component to it. There's a dance or there's karaoke or there's, there's something that, that's happening. And even on a week-in, week-out basis for the local programs, if it's is something as simple as bowling or whatever, there's, there's social interaction there. 
and and all of that has been shut down. I can't I can't tell you exact numbers for the state of New Hampshire. I can tell you that on a national level across the country, the 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 number that we've been told is uh, the the athletes who participate in in Special Olympics, whether it's New Hampshire or any other state program across the country, there are usually underlying medical issues. And they, in many instances, have an immune system that is already somewhat compromised. So 53% of Special Olympics athletes are in the high-risk category for COVID-19 or any other communicable disease. But obviously, in a pandemic, that becomes a a very mission-critical problem. And, And therefore, we've been unable to do anything of any organized nature in person. When this all started back in April, we started reaching out by whatever means we could to get in touch with all of our athletes, to see how they were doing, how they were feeling, talking to either the athlete or their guardian or, or both, whether the guardian's a parent or, or another relative or a friend or, or whomever. Right. And and making sure that the athletes were doing as well as they could under the circumstances, that they had an understanding that Special Olympics hasn't abandoned you, we just can't all get together right now. Right, right. And, and that was a process that it encompassed social media, it encompassed email, and, and then we discovered in, in the, that 3,000-plus group of, of athletes there were a few hundred, a little more than a few hundred, that were, as we would say, off the grid. And and we wound up resorting to very old school stuff. You remember telephones, guys? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Pay, pay phones, right? <laughs> well, we, we started calling, and in some instances, we sent postcards and letters oh my. Uh, to make sure that we, in some way, got in touch with all of our athletes or, you know, someone who is a representative or someone who is connected to uh, all of our athletes. It took more than 7,000 phone calls uh, to to reach the more than 3,000 athletes that we serve. And you got and you said there earlier. You said there's like fifteen, only fifteen employees or something like that, like a low right. number. Right. It's it is it is a lean and mean organization that really does run on volunteers. There there is only fifteen paid staff, and I want to say two or three of them are part time, um, and uh, the rest of the organization is is run by our just our wonderful wonderful volunteers that are spread out all across the state and and are part of these these 75 local programs in the Granite State. And, and as I said, when we look at summer games, we have, we have all of our staff there, as I said, and, and we have uh, nearly 1,000 athletes on the property, but we also have 1,500 volunteers on the yeah. property for those two days uh, making all the games happen. Yeah, uh, like you said, I mean, 56% high risk, that is... That that's insane to think about, and I'm glad you guys are doing the right thing, making it just a, a DIY plunge it yourself. Um, how crazy do you think it's gonna get this year with the videos coming in and like crazy locations that people are plunging into? <laughs> well, uh, again, we we can't encourage uh, right, right. anything, <laughs> and we're we're not doing anything organized. I have heard 
from one school uh, that at the moment shall remain nameless that uh, has, has gotten together with your town's fire department and there's going to be a, a fire truck in uh, in a field or a parking lot and a, a number of students who have been uh, diligently raising funds for Special Olympics New Hampshire and uh, and they're, they're going to turn the fire hose on them. So. Oh, no way. <laughs> that is awesome. We have not worked out the details yet. I, I will tell you that Governor Sununu has reached out to us and had okay. is offered to uh, plunge uh, in in some fashion uh, for us, and and we're going to do that ahead of the game so we can get some video of that uh, in early January. Uh, if I'm not sure if you you uh, connected with the governor last year, the governor the past several years has been uh, at the Penguin Plunge and has gone in the water for Special Olympics New Hampshire. And again, he's offered to do that and do it on video this year to uh, assist, understanding that we are in this do-it-yourself plunge kind of situation. Um, and and we haven't we haven't quite worked that out yet. Where uh, we were thinking maybe the fire academy in Concord could turn a hose on the governor, and and the other suggestion that has been made is uh, is perhaps we have uh, we have the uh, governor pelted with water balloons. Um, right. Oh, you know, that's a good idea. Well, yeah, we you know there have you to go. find a number yeah. of Democrats to do that, but right. we could. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know we haven't thought too much about where we're going to be doing ours, but we have um, gotten a pretty good head start on our fundraising. I know we fundraised enough so far via our Plunging for the Cause event um, to send out a team of around 15 is where we're standing right now. Um, We've been working. We've all we also have a, a local videographer and drone pilot. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Okay, coming to do video work for us. So we're gonna. We're gonna try to do something to send over to you guys to make sure we can we can get you some good footage. So you got your own air force and everything. It, bingo. Exactly. We're gonna send the proof. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not checking it out. Uh, all right. Well, Mark, before we wrap up here, um, where where can everyone support uh, the athletes in Special Olympics New Hampshire? S O N H dot org, as in Special Olympics New Hampshire. S O N H dot org is is the website, and and from there you can you can link to uh, the the registration for the plunge and the dip. By the way, we're we're kind of concentrating on the plunge right now because that's first in line. But if um, if you are part and parcel to the dip or have been over the years, you can also sign up and register for the dip now as well uh, because that's going to be right around the corner coming up uh, in in March. Usually, as I mentioned, these are the first weekend of February for the plunge, first weekend of March. This year we're doing it differently. We've got a window of February 3rd through the 7th for people to figure out, as you guys are working on, yep. where you're going to do this, how you're going to do this safely. Um. Because you are, you know, uh, college-age guys, how you're going to do this without trespassing, yeah. um, without <laughs> alcohol, uh, <laughs> making sure that you adhere to all local and state COVID-19 regulations, and in general, don't be doing anything dumb. We're going to make you proud. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. We're going to make you proud. I promise. I promise. Uh, did you notice the long pause? Just the good. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> Just a- 
I had to think about it. <laughs> but we're going to make you proud. I promise, Mark. Don't you worry. We're, we're encouraging everyone to please, whatever you do, do it safely. Be smart about it. But we are reminding you, if, if you can get some uh, either still pictures or video, if you're posting anything on social media, it's hashtag SONH plunge or for the dip, hashtag SONH dip. Obviously, a lot of thought went into that. I like that. It's very, very creative. Uh, if you do want to join our team, uh, if you go to the SONH.org page and find us, uh, our page is the Plunge Podcast, Plunging for a Cause. You can join our flock. Uh, if you do want to donate, you can do it in the same spot, though. Um, you can also donate to ours at plungepodcast.com slash donate. It's all going to be going to the same place. Um, do you have money in, in, in your website that hasn't been transferred over to our website yet? We do, and that'll be moving over. Uh, we're coordinating right now with the, the other people who are going to be joining our team um, okay. to kind of distrib- distribute that out. Um, and so that should be in probably by the end of the week. We just crossed over the $5,000 uh, fundraised Ooh, landmark. Nice. Yep. Nice. Well, and, and, and I would love to tell you that, you know, we have some secret squirrel way of knowing what's going on with, with everybody in the fundraising. But the reality is our website is it. If it's not reported to the website, then for us, it does not exist. So I would encourage everyone, sign up, register, and, and make sure that you are using the website to track all the, uh, the donations because that's how we track all the donations. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, Mark, I'm going to make you proud, I promise. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my you best. You keep saying that. I know. Now I'm a little concerned. Just give me time. Just give me okay. some time. We'll, we'll get on it. All uh, right. Mark, thank you so much. Uh, Please go out and donate everyone to Special Olympics New Hampshire. They they need it more than ever. Um, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. No, I, I, I appreciate it, uh, David and, and Riley, uh, and, and the efforts that you guys are putting in, all kidding aside, it is it is much appreciated. We uh, we, we hope you guys have, have an awful lot of fun. Find something other than an American flag Speedo to wear. <laughs> 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 and and the uh, the three thousand plus athletes of Special Olympics New Hampshire who really want to get back into action in twenty twenty one, and we want to be able to be there for them to make that happen as soon as it is safe to do so. And that's that's really the point behind all this fundraising. Safety is first, everyone. Safety is first. Well, Mark, thank you so much. Stay safe out there, okay? You too, gentlemen. All right, take care.